open up your ears, your mind, and whatever else you need. You're listening to Talk Dirty to Me. Hello, all you sexy beasts, and welcome back to Talk Dirty to Me, the podcast where a group of friends with different perspectives on kink, fetish, and sex talk dirty to one another. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully, sexy as fuck. With me, I have Tosin Awufeso, the kink. Hello, ahoy. Stephanie Slayton, the queen of spankos. Oh, how? <laughs> Don't be so excited to be here, Stephanie. <laughs> I'm just, that was just like an old, like, howdy, guys. Oh, howdy. <laughs> Casey, neighborhood femdom. Sometimes, from time to time. And our special guest, Gwen Sunkel. Gwen, how are you doing today? Hi, I am doing so well. I am thrilled to be here with y'all. And I have to say, Casey, you have a very sexy right? voice. Oh, thank you. Very great <laughs> podcasting voice. Thank you. Truly. So <laughs> yeah. I would say I have the face for radio, but you really have the voice for it. So it's oh. good. Maybe one day somebody will want my sexy podcast voice. On their commercial. I want it we'll right see. now. I'll make up a commercial tomorrow. Right now? You're <laughs> do it. Please do it. Gwen, you're a comedian. Yes, tell I me. am. Yeah. And also a character actor. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about your history and your bio? Yeah. Yeah. So I live in Indianapolis. Okay. I started doing stand-up comedy about eight years ago. By trade, I am a nurse practitioner and I am about to put out a special. Comes out, drops December 1st. So if y'all want to see me and watch me, you can see that coming out on December 1st on my YouTube channel. And I love traveling all around to tell the funnies and laugh at all the things we shouldn't laugh at, right? Yeah, I love yeah. it. And I didn't know you're a nurse practitioner. That's also very exciting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, it pays the bills. I am excited to have you there because I am also a female shocker and a comedian as well. So yeah, so I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about being a woman in comedy and Ugh. sex and how, how it all blends together. Tosin's also a comedian. Stephanie is an actor as well. So Love it. yeah, we're all in the same pond here. It's We're it's, amongst friends. We're amongst yeah. friends. Yeah. So real quick, when we dive in, do are you at all kinky? Yeah, I would say so. Tell I me all about so. it. What's your yeah. kink? I mean, I don't know that I have any one that I'm like very specific for, but I do love like submissive stuff mm -hmm. because, you know, it's it's that old trope that it's like, oh, I'm so like in charge and have to make a lot of decisions and I'm responsible <laughs> for a lot of stuff during the day. So I would love if somebody would just come in and like take that all off my plate yeah. <laughs> while I'm having sexy time. But... I also really enjoy making fun of men and bossing them around. And if that, you know, gets sexy, I'm fine with that as well. So you, so it sounds like you are on both sides of the slash a little bit. Yeah. 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 I would say, I would say, I, I just, the thing I love about kink is like, just like the level of excitement that it brings to sex. And I know you're like, oh, does sex mm -hmm. need to be more exciting? And it's like, Sometimes. well, yeah, we're yeah. playing, it's, it, it's a fantasy. We're having fun, you know, like if, yeah. if that's what you want to do, then there's nothing. Yeah. I Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have play partners or is it something you just enact with partner partners? I... I don't have any current play partners, but I have mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah. And so it's been like a fun dynamic. One of my favorite partners, we would like 
switch mid-scene, kind of who was doming or whatever, and which was the most delightful thing because it would it would be kind of like okay, tag out. I can't I can't be in charge anymore. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'm spent. I need you to make Uh, the decisions when you you dom. uh, I'm gonna untie you, (laughs) and then let's just pick up where we left off, but with reverse roles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to emotionally starfish this. Thanks. Fantastic. And your relationship stylings, are you poly? Are you monogamous? Are you... uh... Non-monogamous. Yeah, I just... I wish... Single, but non-monogamous. So, (laughs) which always makes you feel really good, right? You're like, I'm open to everyone. I'm open to more than one everyone. So where are they? I will accept anything. Yes, yes. Crickets? But yet here I am. Maybe that's the maybe that's my problem. Maybe it's like too broad, you know. People are like afraid to touch it because it's too too much but i don't know i have you said sometimes i'm open to everything and sometimes i'm not and i but no matter what i do i find most often that what i end up with is fuck boys and that's they're they're so everywhere they're so littered with i also say too i also say too i don't know if y'all run into this as like entertainers but like i say you know the time that i would have to put toward a relationship i and putting toward performing like i'm sure dating stand-up comedy you know like yeah And you can like, sometimes you meet people who are like starting stand up and things like that. And you can tell like, oh, they're just doing this like in between girlfriends, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It's just like the surrogate partner between human partners is stand up comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I don't have anybody to go on a date with tonight, so I guess I'll go to an open mic and practice these <laughs> dick and fart jokes. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Are you so you've been doing comedy for eight years, and you okay? So let's talk about being a woman in comedy. Let's do it. I find that it is. I mean, it's obviously male dominated. We've all watched <sighs> the marvelous Miss Maisel. Do you find that I couldn't watch it? I got to be honest. Really? Why? Tell me everything. Because hey. I know how the sausage is made. Like. Like, you know, it's not, it's, I also like can't watch a medical drama because I'm like, that's not, that's not that real. <laughs> yeah. I, like you can't watch Grey's Anatomy. Come on. Are you kidding yeah, me? That's fair. Have you found that, do you feel like, I don't know, this cl- question might be cliche that it's been, you could see that as a woman, it's been more difficult to try to rise within the industry. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I was prepared, prepared for it to be like a boys club, but I was not prepared for how much of a boys club, really? is, you know? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I thought I was going in eyes wide open, but still no, it's yeah. And it, there's, there's like so many dynamics about it, but yeah, no, I definitely feel that harder. It's hard. Yeah. It's harder for women to excel. I feel like women will like get one chance or like two chances. And if they don't knock it out of the park on that, like one big chance, it's like, oh, well, she's not ready, you know, Mm -hmm. but like guys can go up there and, you know, not do their best over and over and over again. And everyone still like books them and and engages with them and everything. Yeah. That sounds right. What? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. I've, I've had several male stand up comic friends trying to make it who are just bad. (laughs) It was just like, you're not, you're not funny. How do you keep getting pretty decent slots at these places? Yeah, I, I, I usually say that that's it's probably a thing where the, it's like all hat and no cowboy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they're a good hang. They're like fun to hang out with. They have weed. They, you know, what for what, a, you know, something else is like keeping them in the door. You know, is it their dick? Oh, they're holding the door. It's a door stopper. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a door opportunity stop. door stopper. God, if, if, yeah. If the Dixon comedy were that big, we would all be having a different <laughs> podcast right now, I think. And you talk about sex a lot in comedy. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Just because I think it's like relatable, I guess. Um, yeah. Everybody, everybody has sex. In th- well, not everybody, but um, many, many people have sex, and many people have. They don't laugh about it enough. You know, we're, mm. we're not willing. We're not willing to like be silly about it. We think like that being sexy means being serious. And I don't think that's necessarily or not the best way about to approach how every it. woman queefs after doggy style, D- right? Or, dur- or during, right? Sorry, <laughs> or during, before, during, after. It's like, the cherry on top of that position. Yeah, it's like that's how you know you did it right. You know, <laughs> I, I, I warn all the cunnilingual connoisseurs in their lifetime, and I'm like, listen, <clears throat> orgasms cause you know contractions, tensions, and then relaxations. Be prepared to be farted in the face of. Okay, it's gonna happen. Yeah, don't make it a thing. You right? Yeah. <laughs> Or if you're going to, like, make it a thing, don't, like, embarrass somebody about it. Unless yeah, they're... they like that. True. Have right. you ever heard of somebody, like, with a humiliation kink who, um, like, someone making them do stand-up yeah. comedy? Oh, not a stand-up comedy. <laughs> no. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy being humiliated, <laughs> but... I don't think anyone's cleverly been that creative. I was like, all right. That's you like, go stage and should go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> that is a what great humiliation for somebody. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Especially if they're not a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> so there was actually this sorority here in town who like, if somebody, I don't know, got in trouble or they were like punished among their like punishment was that they had to sign up to do the open mic at the comedy club in our town. Oh my God. That's fantastic. What a punishment. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so glad that my life's dream is your punishment. Thank you. Really quick before we divert too far from it, I wanted to share this story when Tosin, you were talking about contracting and relaxing and things that happen. So I went to Bedpost Confessions, which is a storytelling show here in Austin, Texas that talks about mm-hmm. you know things that are a little more sex related and they do these confessions so when you come in as the audience you can fill out a confession card it's anonymous and then they read them between storytellers and they the just storyteller. yeah they read like whatever somebody confessed and one of my favorite confessions so this is somebody else's confession that i heard at bedpost confessions she was talking about how this guy was going down on her and it was incredible and she'd never experienced just pleasure from receiving head and she was enjoying it fully and all of a sudden she farted and she was mortified but before she could say anything the gentleman lifted up his finger put it to her butthole and said shh you're next <laughs> that's the man of the cloth Gentlemen, you understand? Oh my God! What he came here to do? (laughs) Marry that man! Marry that man! So, have you found that when you talk about sex during your sets, the audience is receptive to it, or do they have to warm up to it? I think it comes better if, like, I warm up to it a little bit. It's like, or if I'm doing like a really short set, if I'm doing like seven minutes Mm -hmm. or something, then it's like I almost want the whole thing to be about sex. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes that's that's like the better way to go, as opposed to just sprinkling it in here there yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. do you ever do comedy about king stuff not really Mm -hmm. how about y'all no i've not had the opportunity yet yeah yeah i do i do mostly improv and then i haven't done a show in a really long time because of the pandemic and i did it for Mm -hmm. 20 years before that so after the pandemic i was like i'm good (laughs) good on that yeah i'm good on that but i would now have the opportunity because this podcast came around after the pandemic so it it never the twain the two paths have not crossed yet but we'll see Yeah. One thing not a comedian, but I I think it's time. I like that encouragement. What, Stephanie? Yeah, Yeah, agreed. I'm not a comedian, but I find it creeping up in my work, like writing and stuff. I I feel like kink rears its head now, you know, ever since I've kind of come out of the kink closet and done this podcast and whatnot. I I find it, it, I find it all over now. Now I see it even in films I'm watching where I'm like, excuse me, that wasn't in the book. Oh, someone on set definitely had that kink. 
Like what's like what's an example? I want to know. An of- uh, for instance, Killers of the Flower Moon is a new Scorsese film that's out right now, and mm-hmm. Robert De Niro plays Leonardo DiCaprio's uncle. And Leonardo DiCaprio is forty-eight years old, and he takes a paddling from his uncle, and that's not in the book. <laughs> and sure, I know that people did really crazy things back then. I don't know in what world a forty-eight-year-old man lets his uncle paddle him. So for me, that was someone on set who's like, I know what we should do here, and I have lots of feelings about that because that's non-consensual to the audience and weird oh just make a okay just make a fucking spanking film or don't because i wait do you think do you feel like that no kings can be in film because the audience didn't consent to see them i think that a lot of people do put that stuff in five nights at freddy's and willie's wonderland are essentially the same film they couldn't be named the same thing but they're after this game called five nights at freddy's there's no pedophilia anywhere There's pedophilia throughout both of these films from the very beginning to the very end. It's stuff that I feel like people can't help the kinks they have. They find creative ways to put them in. And the artists were consensual. If it wasn't in the book, why all of a sudden is it in the film? Do you feel like it... And and if anything, it was a little bit jolting where even my Spanko friends were like, I was... My jaw was on the floor because it's kind of... It's just a weird predicament. What? world in what world and so you know i i mean i am a stickler for like consent and i do feel like that's been happening since like i was a kid in films with like where kids would get spanked on screen i think that there's some i think there's some weird bleeding over and you know i also have empathy for the fact that it was not you know these people didn't know what to do with it so they're in the film world they throw in what they like fine i mean the nickelodeon guy who was like the head of all the kid shows every one of those kid shows the kids take their shoes off and their feet are all in the camera and you know come to find out this guy had a major foot fetish which fine but with kids come on hello yeah. Interesting. but that's just my judgy i think if you are doing source mis- source material that people expect are expecting a certain thing and then surprising them with kinky things mm. then then you're you should let them know like it'd be weird if brave little toaster was readapted and you know the vacuum cleaner was like choking people with his wires <laughs> just because somebody like they had a choke <laughs> kink. i was like you did some you did something new there the, the brave little toaster was already upsetting <sighs> enough okay we don't need i just recently watched it and i'm just like this movie is rough uh, who is that movie for it's so upsetting don't watch it it's really it's, upsetting. it's it takes you on a roller coaster it's it's wally bad it does and, uh, it does it's, it's wally yeah. bad I won't so like, oh no go ahead so we, I was just go on you first you first oh. <laughs> Like, do you think that in Killers of the Flower Moon that was like meant to be sexual? Or do you think like anytime two adults are like engaging in a spanking thing, there's like... No, oh, I don't think or, that or, I don't think that it was sexual in what for anyone watching it, unless they were a spanko who enjoys male on male spanking, which I do, but I don't like it in my face when I'm not ready for it. Because I'm also an analytical person and I really care about script and story and you really have to keep me on track if I'm going to watch a three-hour goddamn film and I missed like 20 minutes after because I was like what what just happened because I read the book and I was Mm -hmm. I mean hello I would have been first in line to see this film had it you know been in the book (laughs) and I was excited for it and show this to me but I was like this I'm still like what just happened what right now Mm -hmm. just happened so I have to to be like the weird devil's advocate here and say that it's I can't imagine a world where you have to consent to everything that happens in film because so much bad shit happens in film for sure but that's why the worlds of in my opinion porn and film should not be so polarized and oh it's a porno like there should be just like there's tv 
MA and all these different warnings for violence and all of that stuff, you at least know that that's coming. I just think that things like we're at a place in the world where we know that people are triggered. We know that there's PTSD, that intense rape scenes will never be necessary to me in a film. You can allude to it. You can absolutely say that this is what happened. But I think that when there's like a, like, for instance, in Sassanac, what's the show? They're in Scotland and she time travels. Anyway, there's a, there's a non-consensual oh, spanking. Yeah, not that. <laughs> there could pro- there's probably one in that too. But there's a non-consensual spanking in this because she like does something dangerous. And so he whips her with a belt. And it's supposed to be so hot to all of these people. Like women, like when they read the book, were like, this is so hot. In that same season, the very last scene, he gets his hand hammered to a table and then another male inmate, the, the prison guard, rapes him for, I think it's seven Jeez. and a half minutes long. Oh my God. I finally was like, we get it. <laughs> like, oh my God, he's being raped. We get it. I, yeah. I, And these were very attractive men. It's not that I was like offended by it. I was just more like, this is telling a different story now. This is a story that is meant for, you know, like there's a lot of grandmas out there that would like this show, but like this, this episode was a like closing point for them where they're like, this was ridiculous. It was too over the top. And it's because somebody was like, no, we, they did rape men like this. This is not about homosexuality. It's about dominance over him, which I was like, fuck off. That guy wanted to do that guy. And for seven minutes, that is just not necessary in any world to me. But if if it if, but I but I could see it being a film where this person was into consensual non-consent and you set the whole scene up and you do the scene and then you find out that it was what that person was into or that you know i I, because like again why are we showing films where like this guy can whip his woman with a belt and that's okay because it was just she was being dangerous she didn't want it at all it was definitely not consensual so i mean it's just little stuff like that i'm not like a rule follower i just i think that hopefully now that we're more open in a newer place People can't get away with that so much where it's like the porn world just needs to step up and give good porn films. But that seems impossible. Well, but do you, I guess I have a two part question. One, do you feel like the current rating system and like, like rated R and something that says like contains graphic sexual content or like TVMA, you know, those ratings don't cover the things that you're talking about. And then two, like, you know, movies and and media are like a reflection of our own lives and like messy, terrible, disgusting things happen in our own lives. Like, do artists have to limit how they depict those based on the fact that it might upset someone? Like, we run into this in stand-up comedy all the time, even. Um, Totally, totally, totally. So for the first question, I think it would not be hard. Someone is just typing out for them to say, it's this. They're going to have rape. They're going to have spanking. They're going to have choking. They're going to have this. If you have a problem with any of it, don't watch this film. I don't think that's too hard to do. And I don't think those things don't need to be in film. My issue is if it's not necessary, because like, let's say this guy was paddled by his uncle when he was 48. The one that said, this is a good idea. Let's put this in this mm-hmm. film. Whether that's Scorsese or the writer or whoever decided to add it in when it wasn't in the book, you need to find a different outlet because it's not adding to the story and, it, and you're not telling your story here. You're not telling a story that's about how that's inappropriate or that was traumatic for someone. This is just like, hey, back then, uncles just paddled their nephews into their 50s. I, I just <laughs> find that not accurate. That's not right? accurate. Like that feels to me like someone took a step. I don't think they're a bad person. I'm just like, oh, I know what you're doing because I read the book. There's no spanking in the book. 
Why is there spanking all of a sudden? And I'm a spanko. Like, I live for that shit. But I was also like, excuse me, I'd like to talk to someone. <laughs> what? It's happening. But I don't think I don't think I don't think artists should limit themselves. If you want to tell your story, tell your story. And I would love to get with that person and help them tell a story that they want to tell. But but when you put it in, when you pepper it in because you just want to see it on the big screen or you want to like get it out there somehow, that's where I have a problem. I don't have a problem with this is the story. This is actually what happened. But I do I do think people get away with a lot by being like, but I didn't explicitly say that he's touching that little girl. I just, yeah, know, this just like, like Willie's Wonderland, like all of that was like really like uncomfortably creepy when deemed after a video game where there's no pedophilia in the video game whatsoever. So why both of these films had these really harsh pedophilic undertones was so interesting to me. And again, I'm not judging them because no kids were harmed in the making of this, but I didn't sign. I didn't watch, want to watch a horror film about pedophilia. No, thanks. I, this actually mm-hmm. illuminates like a beef of mine that I have musically in films because I think it's like in the same vein where it's like, like, for example, as anybody watched The Lion, the Witch of the Wardrobe and Prince Caspian. Okay. And Prince... Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. from like yeah, from like years the, ago, and so that, yeah, yeah. that movie is scored by either Harry Gregson William or John Williams. It's really good. Like the score is incredible all the way through. I, I left the line with the wardrobe being like, this is one of my favorite scores of all time. Prince Caspian comes out. I'm like, this is so awesome. This is incredible. And the very end, you know, Aslan returning, beautiful, magical, wonderful things happen. They have this knockoff Taylor Swift pop song playing for the end of it, and I'm like. What? I literally stood up in the theater <laughs> and it was like, why, why would you do this to me? I didn't say that out loud, but... Why would you do this to me? Is this like Lady Gaga singing the Top Gun song? <laughs> no, like Lady Gaga singing the Top Gun song would be is fine. And and so... because it, it makes sense, right? It was yeah. a new version of Top Gun. It's It makes sense to update the type of things you do, like what they did in The Great Gatsby, where they just like, they changed it over. But if like, it feels like what happened with Prince Caspian is like somebody's doing somebody a favor. Like the reason that this is here in front of the screen is to satisfy someone else's sure. desire, not for the creative story that has nothing to do or doesn't move anything forward. Sony was like, we'll give you $5.8 million, but you're going to yeah. play this song at the end because we're going to push yeah, it this like, artist. It feels like yeah. we're like, oh, we're trying to promote yeah, one yeah. of our other artists. So we're going to, you're connected in, we're going to put it in there. And so like, I think the line for me and with what you're talking about is like, A, yes, I definitely think like the TVMA ratings could have more things in them. Like a lot of a lot of streaming services do this on their own, right? They like if you watch like Netflix and Hulu, they'll have like much more specific things like depictions of gore and sexual assault and things like that. They'll add that in in the beginning in their title cards. It's be easy to do for like major films. And if you're dealing with source material and you're going to, you know, creatively adapt it to add in these types of things, you should also say something about it. And I have like a not like you can't do it, but, you know, I have like a personal qualm if you're like readapting a new a movie and you add that randomness hey, in there. yeah i'm not gonna like protest or picket the film or say that it's not a good film i'm just simply saying that why are we in 2023 in a place where this person can't find a film to work on where they can actually put a spanking in that makes sense even if it is consenting adults like don't you this was just so bizarre to me it was really like i was reaching i was using all of my imagination to be like no, no, I, I get it. Uh, okay, okay, sure. Your uncle says bend over, and you're like, yeah, okay. It I, just I also was think, that like, when you're talking about adapting like a book, like you can, you know, an author can dedicate 
30 pages to talking about like the inner workings of the mind and the relationship between like a dude and his nephew or something. Whereas if if you're like, oh no, I really want to show that they have this really kind of weird, messed up power dynamic. Here's how I I do that that. without 30 pages of exposition. And I also don't think like maybe in the Prince Caspian or Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe example, like a studio can come in and make those kinds of demands. But like, I don't think somebody's just approaching Martin Scorsese on the set and being like, hey, you know what I'm into? Spanking. We should put one of those. Like he is very intentional about. True, but this is, Leonardo DiCaprio's third film to be paddled in. And so I'm wondering if the actor himself was like, you know, <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, in. that's a, that's a very good point too. Leo, if you hear this, <laughs> I'll thank you. Call him, Leo. We would all fill out love the form. To thank you. Go to yeah. go to littlerenegadefilms.com, click on podcast, click on talk dirty to me. There's a form at the top, fill it out, give me your phone number, I will show up, I will spank. The ever loving fuck out of you. You'll really like spank. That's why Leo enjoys being spanked, is because he's like, Oh, I have all this young energy in my life. I need someone to parent me. <laughs> Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm just saying it's interesting to me that that is the third film he's been paddled in. And I yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I just were the other ones as random as this one? No, they were he was a at a prep school in one. Where he was on all fours and he was barking like a dog while he was being paddled. He was like a teenager. And then the other was a mother doing it in like a 1950s film. Like, Does oh, you know what? The was it De Niro? I think yes. so. Oh my yeah, God. The slave, See, okay. The slave my mind's going to explode. Like the one of the opening scenes of where he's like in there, I think he gets spanked. I have to watch it again. Oh my God. My head will actually explode if that's the case. Cause then they're, they're like, I feel like the mystery <laughs> solved. <laughs> that's the final data point. Yeah. <laughs> You're really getting to the bottom of this, literally <laughs> and figuratively. Or figured it out. Let's go to TMZ. No, talking about. So first of all, it makes a lot of. It makes more sense to me when you. Oh, and I understood it that what is happening is you're okay with spanking in film, but why can't we just make a realistic? Like, why can't it be realistic and like not or random? like right and like yes and and I don't think that children get to make any decisions in film. I think that's already such a touchy thing. So if it's a if it's a historical piece where the child is spanked, I think you allude to it. I think it's a sound. I think it's. A, I don't think you physically put any children in that position, even if that is real life. Because A, as a child, when I was spanked, I because I was a spanko and didn't know how to explore that, that felt wildly traumatic and wildly like my body was being violated. And so I just... But if it's with adults, I'm not saying there aren't instances out there. There's a film called Cinnamon out right now where they've kidnapped this girl. And it's, it's of all things, I would love to be spanked by her. She's such a babe. Foxy, she was so hot. I think she was a Bond girl. Can't think of her name. But she like switches this girl like she, with a willow switch. And it's a really intense scene. And I, fine, I guess, fine. But I still am like, I don't know. It's just such an interesting choice for someone to make. Like, I bet she goes and she picks a willow switch and she whips this teenage girl because it's not her mom. It's not her. This is a captive. Like they're like gang members that are like, I don't know. It's just, I just feel like people do things to get their jollies in Hollywood and that's okay. But I think we have to come to a place where like, people are going to start figuring it out. Like they're going to start seeing, okay, well, hold on. And had I never like come out, truly come out of the kink closet, I would have been like, oh, they're Danny in the deep blue sea that plays out. Like 
I am auditioning for that play. So that's not a great thing though, because I'm not doing it because I want to tell the story. I'm like, oh, I get to get spanked on stage every night. Like that, there's something false about it to me. There's something like, because then does the actor I'm doing that scene with know that I'm enjoying every moment of this? And is that un- non-consensual to them? Like if they don't know that I have this spanking kink, but I've like auditioned for this role, I book it. And every night I'm like, oh, that was amazing. I don't know. It's just just things my brain does, things my brain thinks about. I just always want to be honest with that kind of I stuff. Mean, and and there are certain scenes like that in Flowers, whatever, of the Killer Moon, where I was just like, no, I'm so sorry. This just, I really tried to pull it. I was like Googling people spank their children in their 40s in the 1930s. Like, you know. I mean, there there are like groups of people now who engage in like spousal spanking. Oh, for sure. Even in 2023. And like not from a kink perspective, like from a discipline perspective. So I don't believe that it's not a kink for someone there. I don't believe that it's you can't convince me that one or not. I I feel like so sad for the one who's not who's in it. Mm -hmm. That is just like, no, I deserve this Mm -hmm. because there's also Christian domestic discipline. Right. Yeah. But also like, you know, I just just want everybody to be on board with what they're doing and not not offending people because again that scene wasn't going to like traumatize anyone i was more like uncomfortable at the thought of anyone being that submissive to their uncle but i was would have been all on board if i knew that like both men were into it another kink in film oh my god i forget the film and the famous director actor has a foot fetish and he nicholas uh, cage nicholas cage blood suckers nicholas cage no this is a different one the one who they had to pour Yogurt. they had to pour warm no, no, it wasn't nicholas cage no it's all ask sarah marie in a minute but we were watching a vampire film for Bloodsuckers, our sister podcast. If you're into vampires and vampire films, go check it out. And there was this, this family gets kidnapped and there's a daughter, a younger son and a dad. And one of the captors like is a creepy, it's a creepy predator for sure. But there's this one scene where he's looking at the daughter and she, they get just get a close up shot of her feet and he stares at her feet. And there's another woman that they kidnapped and he's like, come sit on the bed, take off your shoes. And like the feet are all over this film. And when we read the trivia, it's because this guy has an actual foot fetish. And so he put feet all up in it. It Um, also sounds like he made this captor guy have the foot fetish. He did. Yeah. So like to me, that makes sense. That like... Okay, we've talked about it. This guy clearly has a foot fetish. We know what's going on here. So like I don't have a problem with that. They didn't talk I'm... about it. They just randomly stuck foot shots in it. It was there were there were several very subtle things that happened. It wasn't part of the storyline. The only reason oh. we were both like it's weird they showed a close up at that girl's feet. And then later <laughs> when we were reading trivia, we read about how he had a foot fetish and just stuck it up in there for no particular reason. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to, while we have this conversation, I'm going to text Sarah Marie and see if she can. Yeah, I actually, I actually have a question that you that brought up. This is something I've noodled with before. So I would love to hear, you know, Gwen and everybody's thoughts on it is because you mentioned like internally having a kink and then being in a situation where like that kink is activated. And what do I do about the enjoyment mm-hmm. of that? Like, Today I was today I was getting him a massage with a friend of mine, and it's like a dual person massage. They do acupuncture, and she did she had done like acupuncture with electro like nodes on the acupuncture, and I have recently become an enjoyer of electro play. So like that was happening, and I'm getting massaged by two people at the same time, and like I'm actively trying to be like, don't react. <laughs> 
And so, and, and it's like, so like, I'm definitely mm. enjoying it at a non-professional level. Like I'm not going to make it anybody else's problem. And like, I'm face down, like any physical reactions are like not part of the situation. If they had asked me to flip over at the time, I would have been like, I require a moment. <laughs> you need a minute? No, um, I need a minute. Yeah. Because like, you know, I'm, I don't want to make people on, I don't want to make people uncomfortable and all that. And I'm also dacrophilic. And so that's the one that comes up the most often. Dacrophilic. I'm sorry, you're what? Turned on by crying. And so like, so if someone's like, like having an emotional moment of like crying into my shoulder. I am, you know, I'm compassionate and doing all the things I'm supposed to, but it is also a situation that arouses me, which again, I don't make that. Can you tell me what it is about crying that arouses you? My investigation, uh, well, it's, it mostly has to do with like, I'm very, very drawn to gratitude expressed sexually. So the storyline in my head of comforting a crying person, then the gratitude for that comfort leads to, leads to like a in internally for that person satisfying gratitude of like doing something sexual. So I just think it's because it's like, you know, the first line in the story that arouses me is why tears end up turning me on. And again, it's not like, again, I don't make it anybody else's problem or issue and like people don't deal with it. Like most people don't know that I'm dacrophilic and like I have enough physical control that it's like, oh, you know, you're not going to catch anything arising there. And I'm fully fine in being compassionate about it. Right. But like, is it a crime that it does arouse me? And that, does, this, does this mean I need to start sprinting when people cry next to I, me? And, no, and I don't think I don't think I've said that anything that I've mentioned, I've not said, I don't think these people belong in jail. Oh, so I don't yeah, think crime, it's a crime. crime. Was hy- and on the same foot, <laughs> in, in the same kind of realm, I was in a class, I think I maybe told the story on the podcast before, and this teacher gave me the scene of Danny and the Deep Blue Sea. And I literally, my friend Chelsea, who knows all about my kink, was in that class sitting next to me. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine because it's a table read. We're not going to, this scene is not going to happen. This scene happened. I remember it's a really, really intense scene. And I remember out of the corner of my eye, even though I was so into it, I saw his chair move closer to mine. And sure enough, when that scene came, mind you, I've been at the studio for seven years. I have watched so many table reads. So they'll be like, we kiss here. It says we kiss here or I slap him here. No one does anything at the table read. Sure enough, he threw me over his knee and spanked me. That, even though I love that, that was, I was like, I didn't Wait, hear anything. Wait, did, were you sitting in a chair and he just like uh-huh. picked you up and ragdolled yes, you? Yes, yes. And it was and where that, I was like, mm-hmm. and if I'm going to like kiss somebody, we like talk about it. <laughs> we like, there's that a is, conversation that? beforehand. That's unacceptable. <laughs> I'll tell you after. But I think Sarah Marie, both Sarah Marie and of course Chelsea was there because Chelsea was like, when I came to sit back down, she was like, are you okay? Is it you? Are you still there? Like, did you just dissociate completely? Because, and I was fine. It was not, I didn't need therapy afterwards. But I did remember thinking, someone should tell him. Don't just like thank someone. That's like not okay. No, definitely not. And on on top of it, at the end, when she like gave us our notes or whatever, he came up to me and I thought, oh, this is the moment. He says, I'm so sorry. And he said, put some and I thought, buddy, if only you mm, knew no, I what like I could take. Your <laughs> spanking was nothing. It was just more of the like, this was Surprise. such a, yeah. this person just was like, I could do this. I 100% can do this without, you know, seeing if it's okay Talk, with that. I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot real quick. And if the Tell answer to more. this is no, that's okay. Do you have a couple minutes of a set sex jokes in it that you could tell us? Sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how, like, how is that weird? It's going to be like we'll try it out, and if it's if it's terrible, we'll cut it. If it's not, if it like doesn't translate well, if it we'll makes cut you feel it. better, I'll, I'll, I'll add a laugh track. Did you all do any Zoom comedy or like Zoom performance? Oh my god, I did. And it was terrible. I did a whole ass Zoom musical. Oh, <laughs> I we my. my 
friends and I would describe it as the methadone of comedy. <laughs> oh God. It just does it just doesn't hit the same, you know. Stand up did it, improv did it, and yeah. theater did it as well. Did it a lot. Like, We're gonna do our plays digitally. We're doing it. Yeah. Yes. I had to do, I did a run of shows at a theater and then during the pandemic, they're like, we're going to do that show on the computer. And I was like, are we? I do not consent. <laughs> are we? Neither does my internet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, as I said before, I, you know, I like everyone. I am a bisexual lady and that means that like, I have a very specific type and that is people with knuckle tattoos. <laughs> Cause like they look like they can really finger bang, you know, <laughs> right? Like, like if the hamburger helper hand had knuckle tattoos, <laughs> I would never get out of the grocery store, you know? They'd be like fake tits, real beef, you know? That's in my head, the hamburger helper's knuckle tattoos would say. Yeah. How's that? Does that work? That was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was I was gonna Thank ask you. like what is, a, what is a what is a what is a bit that you have that's like like a sexy mm-hmm. bit that like you personally enjoy but n- doesn't like land well on stage? That that one that one <laughs> <laughs> no, is like no really you guys I like big hands really do it for me. I'm sure Stephanie as a as someone who enjoys spanking, <laughs> you're like big hands. And and I, I like I'm always very transparent with people that I feel like fingering is the superior in small sex act. In my humble opinion, uh, so penises are not shaped yeah, for vaginal I, I, pleasure. I, I'm always just like, get on the train, guys. Come on, like the finger banging train. It's it's pretty great. great. It's a good train. It's, good. it's a good train. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Gwen, thank you so much for coming out and chatting with us. You have been oh my gosh, so delightful. Me. This and this has conversation been a blast. has been yeah, this conversation has been awesome. So thank you so much, Gwen. Real quick before we go, can you tell us where people can find you on the internet and in real life, and if you have any shows coming up? Yes. You can find me at my website, gwensunkel.com. I'm on social media at Gwenderwoman. So that's like Wonder Woman, but like with a Gwen instead of a <laughs> Wan. And I list all my show updates there. Amazing. Ooh. Go find her, people. She's fucking funny. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and themsters, sexy beasts out there. Don't forget about the forum I pitched at the beginning or sometime in the middle of this this podcast. If you have something you want us to talk about, or if you know of a guest, it would be awesome. Go click that form, fill it out. I will read it and do Leo, stuff with it. We're talking to you. Come on, come on, oh, okay. Yeah, come on, I want to get in here. Um, what else? And we have a page link is in the show notes. If you want to uh, help support us, make talk dirty to me better. We would love your patronage. And until next time, everybody, let's all let's all finger bang. Yeah, clip your nails, everybody. I'll see you behind the. Bye. Bye, all you sexy beasts. Bye. (laughs) Hilarious. Talk Dirty to Me is a podcast by Little Renegade Films. It stars Sarah Marie Curry, Casey Sammy E. Casey, why don't you sound real sexy while you do it? (laughs) Do I? No, why don't you? Oh, why don't I? Yeah. Like, you you remember how you read your synopsis? Yeah. Oh, you want me to do it like that? Yes. Okay, Uh, great. (laughs) Okay. Genius. Uh huh. Okay. Talk Dirty to Me is a podcast by Little Renegade Films. It stars Sarah Marie Curry, Casey Sammy E, Tosin Alifesso, and Stephanie Sloan. With silent contributions by Taylor Novak. Title and closing themes by Tosin Alifesso. Follow us on the social medias at Talk Dirty to Me Pod. And for more of our offerings, go to LittleRenegadeFilms.com. Ugh.